Welcome back to another episode of the Fourth State Podcast. I'm Marty Duran. I'm Bob Smetana. And we are really happy to welcome a guest today. We never have guests. Nobody ever wants to be on the podcast, Bob. But, um, does that have anything to do with you or is that just me? I think we haven't invited anyone, so that's why we haven't had anyone. <laughs> Maybe if we advertise hippie Jesus music more. We need some hippie Jesus music. We need some just hippie music. It's like, we need, we need a theme song, man. A theme, a theme song. If you, okay, here we go. If you will write a theme, if you will write a theme song and record it, we will use it for at least one episode. All right, I'm going to write and record us a theme song. It's going to be awesome. If it has the Fourth Estate podcast as lyrics, I will pay you money. I want to put a fourth estate podcast. It's going to be in there. Not much, but I will pay you some. So um, a little while back, I saw a guy. It may have been Alan Noble actually shared a uh, media bias chart. And um, I was really curious, uh, as anybody who's listened to the podcast uh, knows accuracy is important. And if anybody's ever engaged with me on Facebook and whatnot, then uh, bias is a subject of conversation. And so uh, just recently I saw an updated version and uh, it had a website on it. So I went to the website and lo and behold, it took me to the blog. uh, All generalizations are false by Vanessa Otero, who is our guest on the fourth estate today. Welcome Vanessa. Hi Barney. Hi Bob. Thanks for having me today. Well, it's awesome to have you today. Yes, glad, glad you're with us. Um, so you're in Colorado. I am. And uh, so big uh, spoiler alert here. Uh, you join me in this trio of conversationalists mm-hmm. as a non-professional journalist. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. That is so awesome. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself because this is a really cool chart and I want everybody to know what you're up to. All right. Well, I'm a, I'm a patent attorney. Uh, I've uh, been in practice for about four years. And you know, part of my job is to explain complicated things in words and pictures because I just, I just really love that. And I came, up, I came up with this chart kind of out of the, out of the blue, just having conversations with friends uh, you know, in the year leading up to this last election. I just really noticed a proliferation of so many different kinds of news sources, uh, many that I had never heard of, and was a <laughs> bit alarmed to see um, some people's reliance on on them. So I wanted to, you know, I wanted to make a a visual representation of that, just for the purposes of talking to my friends and associates and, and people on social media. So were, were you um, were you like seeing these like shared on Facebook and such as that? Is that what first caught your attention to the new proliferation of all, all these different sources? Yeah, and I mean it changed. I think it's changed a lot in the last two years. I mean every period of time that you go back two years, four years, um, eight years, ten years. Uh, there's so much change, um, even year to year. So I'm I'm not a, I'm not a professional journalist, uh, but I, I do study this. Uh, this phenomenon of all these brand new news sources that just that pop up and calling them all news sources is generous. Um, yes. So information sources, <laughs> you, you could say, yeah. because <laughs> they're certainly not all on news, but uh, this field I think is, is nascent of understanding our new media landscape. So even though I've been, you know, reading and writing and thinking about it for just a couple of years now, um, you 
there aren't, I don't think, as many established experts in this field. I think a lot of journalists are trying to figure out what this field, like how to write better mm-hmm. in this environment. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to help define what that environment is. So uh, it's mediabiaschart.com. That's the, the website that you uh, have that, that goes to your blog. Yes. And do you, do you update the, uh, the redirect every time you update the chart? Is that your plan? Yes. Uh, so I, I got the redirect via the you know, domain name media bias chart mm-hmm. because that's how people find me on Google. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, top results. So, you know, there are really, uh, there are other iterations, uh, you know, versions kind of derived from mine and then um, some other, other attempts, but um, people are trying to find my chart. Uh, so I got mediabiaschart.com. And I started with all generalizations are false because I was just writing a random blog about how I, I don't really like memes and you know, pithy statements and uh, the other things that people usually use to support their arguments mm-hmm. on uh, on Facebook or Twitter just because of the medium. And I know that all generalizations are false is itself a generalization, meaning that it's false. So <laughs> some people they think they catch me. <laughs> Uh, with that sometimes, but I know. <laughs> um, Bob, you've worked in uh, in media for a while, like the actual media. You're the credentialed journalist in the room, mm-hmm. uh, and you've seen the chart. Yes. Uh, on a on a scale of one to on a scale of A to F, A B C. What do you give it? I give it. Um, I give it an A because it's. Because it's interesting, it's a really interesting and creative way of doing this. I mean, I think it gets past the just oh, you're a liberal conservative bias, and does a little more evaluating of the content. Because really, that's when we talk about fake news. There's kind of fake facts, and then there's there's sort of fake interpretation. Right? Are the are the facts being presented in a way that is accurate? And so I think you get at that. That because uh, there is complicated, you know, any you report any story, you have to put some ex- explanatory material in it. Um, you can't just say uh, a set of facts and not explain what they mean and give some details and context. Um, and I think you get sometimes people uh, think, oh, it's biased because you gave context. But I think you kind of you've you've sort of given a way to evaluate is the context and analysis. Um, accurate, which is different than saying it's fake, uh, mm-hmm. fake facts. Because we we often agree on the facts, we just don't agree what those facts mean. Almost everything that you've ever written, I don't agree with it, Bob. So that's you know that's probably well, okay. <laughs> then you're lying now. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fake fact. Um, <clears throat> so uh, Vanessa, one of the things that I really appreciated about the the page where you hosted the chart. Uh, is you spend a lot of time explaining how you interpret your data that gives rise to where you place each one of these on the charts. So anybody who's not visual, who, who's not looking at the chart right now, why don't you kind of give a, a, a verbal uh, description of what the chart looks like, and then we can kind of talk about some of the placements of some of the sources. Sure. Uh, so ultimately, it's really a new taxonomy for uh, discussing the news. So what the, the chart looks like, it's a two-dimensional, uh, the vertical axis has, uh, is basically for quality. 
quality is a complex topic itself, so uh, divided it out into a few categories, which I'll explain. But then the horizontal category is uh, partisan bias, political bias, you know, on a, on a left-right spectrum, which is also complex, but uh, you know, dying it down into two dimensions, I think was helpful uh, for people to discuss relative placements. So I put a bunch of sources. Uh, there's about 80 on there now. There are about 50 wow. on the on the first version of it. Uh, just their logos. There are logos of new sources, and so the what I consider the best and highest quality are closer towards the top in the middle, and um, the lower quality and worse ones are um, lower and up to the right and the left. And, you know, so it kind of makes a bell-shaped curve uh, which of the sources, which some people uh, some people have issue, an issue with, um, and then that's not necessarily accurate, but there are certainly some outliers. Not everything falls right into uh, the bell curve, but yeah, I took I took quite a bit of care to define the vertical categories um, and the and the horizontal ones as well. But I've written extensively on the vertical categories. Um, so basically, like you said, Bob, uh, the discussions between people on Facebook uh, they left me a little bit dissatisfied as to their um, their precision mm -hmm. because people would say, "Oh, this is garbage," or "That's biased." And that's just not very descriptive. People would just typically, you know, they can't, you can't have a good conversation with people or let alone change anyone's mind yeah. if you are not even talking about the same thing. So I think this taxonomy has been helpful because then uh, people can point to a source and say, well, I think that should be a little bit farther up and, or farther down or farther left or farther right for this reason. Mm -hmm. And and then they can have a discussion of comparing one source to another uh, because it is relative. So even if people disagree with uh, individual placements of sources, they still have a way to discuss them and find the overall uh, taxonomy useful. So let me ask a question. What it, maybe you could just explain or summarize what makes say the AP, which is high up in your chart, or uh, CBS and ABC or Bloomberg, a better news source in, in this kind of chart than, yeah. say, the New York Post or right. um, the Daily Commons. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I really had to think about what what me that is that question. What makes a news source good? And you know, the discussion of fake news is really kind of unhelpful, as you alluded to before, because that's Really, uh, that's one category that's just fake facts, and um, you know now it's being that term is being used, overused to describe anything from you know news you don't agree with to actual hoaxes. So uh, I want I don't use the term fake news on my chart at all, and I try to avoid it completely in discussions. So what I have on the bottom is stuff that actually contains you know inaccurate or fabricated information. That's at the very bottom. Um, that would, you know, the fake stuff would fall under there. But then right above that is um, like propaganda or uh, contains misleading info. Mm -hmm. Because you can take facts and uh, you know, omit certain things or spin them such that they are, they're very misleading. 
Mm -hmm. And uh, just above that, a selective or, or incomplete story uh, in what I, a category I call unfair persuasion. Mm -hmm. uh, it's similar, but again, you can mislead people just by um, you know talking about something out of context or not including another viewpoint, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's uh, there's opinion with uh, just above that, and there's lots of opinion uh, sites out there and new people can certainly express their opinion uh, but and I differentiate that from what's a little bit above that which is analysis mm -hmm. so an analysis being you take your take facts and use them to support your opinion and draw like a line that people can follow through those things whereas an opinion would just be like a blanket statement that's too broad to be proven or disproven mm -hmm. Uh, above that, I've got complex analysis, so really taking a lot of facts and uh, making great arguments, and that's that's what I'm most familiar with as a lawyer. You've got to do that. You got to do mm -hmm. complex analysis, and then above that, I put fact reporting, and then what I call original fact reporting. So uh, fact reporting is you know, there are a lot of sources that will verify something else that, that broke, like um, mm -hmm. you know. You know most news sources do this, yes. most good news sources. Uh, but then there's the original fact reporting, which is the you know, journalists going to the primary sources mm -hmm. and finding out something that was not known before, you know, getting a scoop or a break. And I put that at the top. Uh, some, in my original version of the chart, I actually put complex analysis. Sorry. I put complex analysis up at the top. But I... Because you're a lawyer. Uh, yes, and I'm like, oh, well, this this beautiful analytical writing is the best kind. But really, it was I was being influenced by the quality of writing. Like the quality of writing, complex analysis tends to be like nice, nice prose. Um, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of words. However, I I value the contrib contributions of journalists on the ground more because. You can have one story, uh, say for example, a story about a high-profile uh, individual who uh, is accused of sexual assault over many years, right? Those mm -hmm. kind of stories took a lot of work to break and were yeah. uh, awarded um, by um, journalism organizations for very good reason. And then you can have that one story, and then you can have a thousand analysis stories pieces because of it mm -hmm. and those analysis pieces just wouldn't exist without the journalism mm -hmm. so while the you know the analysis writing might be prettier uh, nothing exists without mm -hmm. the fact reporting so that's why I put it up there so AP and Reuters those are wire services um, people often don't go to ap.com or apnews.com uh, or Reuters they get their news uh, syndicated through all the various other news sources mm -hmm. that uh, use that wire service. Mm -hmm. I, I, I actually like, uh, no, I don't just like, I love the way that the chart flows from the top to the bottom. Uh, you have to start with facts. In fact, I've often encouraged people <clears throat> when they ask about my news, you know, what, who do you trust? Uh, my stock answer is uh, I don't really trust anybody. I verify <laughs> everything that I can. Yes. Um, but there is a difference between reading uh, an AP story from Syria, for instance, on mm -hmm. Monday mm -hmm. and reading uh, a long form article about that story in the Atlantic the next mm -hmm. Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's really important, I think, to distinguish between those because then you get into how you can do, how you can begin to detect 
the point of view of the writer. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we do, or at least in theory, we think that the fact reporting should be as bias-free as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it shouldn't be slanted. You should be careful with the adjectives and adverbs that you use when you're writing. That's a big stickler point for me mm-hmm. that Bob doesn't care about. Right. Um, <laughs> and, I, think, uh, I think that's important. Uh, yes. And so then as you, as you notice, uh, and I'll just say this for uh, those who aren't looking at the chart, when you get into the analysis box, you have uh, the New Yorker, the week, the nation, the Atlantic, the daily beast uh, slate, the intercept, for instance, on the, the skews liberal to uh, hyper-partisan liberal. But on the right hand side, you have financial times, national review, weekly standard and reason, which skew conservative to hyper-partisan conservative. And then some others besides those, but those are some of the main ones. That gives you an idea of how um, Vanessa has thought through this chart. It's not just this is who I like or this is who I think he, you know, this is who I enjoy reading the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's this is the this is the angle that they're coming at these stories from, which is helpful in helping us as readers interpret the content that they're giving to us. We we do have to sort of take it at face value. But we do have, in the back of our minds, be able to think, okay, there may be another side to this they're not covering because it's not as important to them, and how we can balance out those types of, of stories. Is that some, some of your intent is to provide people the knowledge to know how to find the balance to a particular story? Yeah, and that's really important uh, when you're looking at uh, detecting political bias. And I'm, I'm writing a longer piece on how I evaluate the political bias, but it's, uh, it's, very, com- it's very comparative because it, I, I uh, wrote a blog post recently uh, that was evaluating a bunch of news stories, uh, or news sources about one particular uh, news story. It's a, the memo released by, uh, the, uh, by Devin Nunes. Um, there, was a, you know, there was a big political story mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, and I, I took screenshots of a bunch of these sources across the spectrum to see how they're recovering it. And that was helpful because it was a really fact dense story. Mm-hmm. So to know what was going on, you had to know things about FISA courts and um, the makeup of the House Intelligence Committee and, you know, the articles in the Washington Post and the New York Times that were, you know, the most fact based about it mm-hmm. were very long. So by looking at the other sources, you could see what they emitted because you read what was, you read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, and that's really time consuming. It's hard for people to do that. It's hard for people to, it's, you're not going to read 10 to 12 news stories about a similar political topic every time something comes out just to see what, what's in there. So what did, so what did Chuck Norris have to say about the FISA course? <laughs> <laughs> don't remember. <laughs> well, and I really think this is a great chart because it points out that, um, and I think it's rewriting, you've talked about how facts are expensive, mm-hmm. right? Getting the original reporting is expensive. All this other stuff is right. built on um, and on the original reporting. If you don't have the original reporting, you can't do it. But it's the pricey part. You know, everybody can have an opinion. Um, and it's cheap. That, it's that's cheap. gotten cheaper Depends over the years. Yes, yeah. Which is why there are so many, so many in the bottom corners. Yeah. I mean, I could put a lot more stuff in the on the bottom part of the chart, um, but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't take much to um, it, it doesn't take much to you know put up a 
an inter- uh, internet source. It doesn't take much to sort of digest, do a digest of an internet source and, and, uh-huh. uh, rely on that person's reporting and not so, and I'm, cause I'm a reporter. I'm, I'm a, uh, and I'm a religion reporter. I'm pretty, um, scrupulous. I'm not perfect, but I'm scrupulous. So when I'm like, if I'm hearing a sermon at a church or a mosque or a synagogue, I'm always fact checking. I'm like, wait, right. if, they, if they put a story in with some statistics or some historical event, I'm like, I don't think that's. Bob is the world's oldest millennial. But you, need, <laughs> you know, I think, I think this part of like, Going back and reading these original sources, reading the links, it's time-consuming, though. If you want to have good news, mm-hmm. you, right. and it costs money. So it's, your, your chart is a good plug for spend money because <laughs> you it, get what you pay for. Yeah. In, uh, when, when I was originally uh, putting this together and people asked me how I came up with some of these sources, I mean, one of my criteria was how many journalists – do they have? I mean, <laughs> and Reuters have thousands across the world, yes. and that's and that's really unmatched by anyone else. So, yeah. uh, it, even in the um, you know the Washington Post and New York Times are huge operations. Like, yeah. uh, you know, how you define a, a journalist uh, or you know who's in the newsroom? You know, those numbers are a little bit hard to pin down. Yes, but yeah. Between five hundred and a thousand people at each of those organizations. Um, it, that number has fluctuated over the years with um, changes in the uh, in the journalism landscape, but that's a lot. That's a huge investment. Uh, it's a huge investment to have a print uh, publication. So um, the ones that had you know TV networks and radio networks uh, before, like serious uh, before serious radio, and those who have print publications today, um, you know, I, I ranked those higher initially, and um, the other ways in which I analyze the news by looking at the actual sentences and, and words in the articles uh, lines up well with how much resources, how many resources an organization yeah. has committed. So I, I hate to interrupt. We are just about out of time. Our, our, our zoom thing, our zoom thing is saying that we what? have less than a minute or we got to pay 15 bucks. Oh, for oh, no. the love. <laughs> We're going to have to have you on again. Yes. Be happy to. Oh, this, this is been... really disappointing because we didn't even get to talk about how far out InfoWars is. <laughs> <laughs> we might, I mean, we might be able to, you know, to start they, another they meeting. They made a chart about my chart. You have to see awesome. it. Awesome. Awesome. It's great. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay. Vanessa, thanks so much for being here. Thanks out. so much. You're welcome. All right. It's been great.